Hi, and welcome to the Saxophone Academy. I'm Dr. Wally Wallace, and on this week's episode, I chat with my co-host, Dr. Susan Fancher, about some industry news and some new products. We check out a fantastic recording by the Branford Marsalis Quartet, and we dig into the mailbag and answer some of your questions. And if you have a question for the podcast, please do reach out. You can reach us at thesaxophoneacademy at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy the episode. I mean, I like a lot of people's soprano playing, yeah. but I I love his soprano playing, and I had I I'm, I'll bet anything it has a lot to do with the fact that he does classical playing, so he's just closer to like yeah. my sound world. He's annoyingly gifted on many things. Oh man. Well, I hate the word gifted, but like you know, he's I, yeah, worked to the point yeah, where yeah, me too. I know what you're saying. He's yeah. worked his butt off. Yeah. 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 Some. Oh, well, yeah. we'll talk about that in yeah. a minute. Yeah. So Sue, Wally, happy. This is probably going to be released in March. So okay. let's just say happy March. Happy March. What you got going on in March? What's exciting? Well, let's see. Uh, March 15th, I'm going to play this piece called Big Brothers that I was talking about last mm-hmm. time for Saxophone Barry. and surveillance system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Barry and Soprano. Woo! Yeah, I got to get those Barry chops Oh, so going. like like brothers as in siblings. Yeah. That kind of big brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not like British reality show. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, you know, after that, I'm going to focus on some quartet stuff we've got coming up. We're going to play some... Some uh, musical theater music by Jewish composers together with uh, uh, Lorraine Gilane, and she's got a Jewish choir in Durham that she okay. conducts, so we're going to play Is this with, with the them. quartet? Yeah. Oh, very cool. So Red Clay will be playing over in Durham. That's in April. Oh, so excellent. some cool stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We well, need to post that to the social media so everyone can come. I know. And if I you're not friends with Sue on Facebook, friend her. Okay. And that way you can see all the cool stuff she has. Okay. Or I'll post it to, the, to our site as well. There you go. If I ever get around and have the time. So probably not. I've had sort of a love-hate relationship with Facebook lately, so I'm like not posting as much as I probably should, but I probably should go ahead. Uh, You can't beat it, I don't think. I think you just got to hang in there with it. It is. It's LinkedIn for musicians, essentially. (sighs) So, And I actually have to teach best practices and algorithmic things because of the course I teach, career development. Yes, you got to stay on top of it. I do, which is why I delved in for a while and learned about the algorithms. uh, I don't want to talk about it. I'm already bored. I'm already bored talking about that. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it anymore. That's as much as you want to talk about. uh, You know what I do want to talk about? Industry news. Yes. So um, we talked a little bit about some of the products coming out last time. Yeah. Anyway, there's a bunch of new horns out. I'll put some link in the show notes. Uh, I'm not as excited about that as I am about the Daddario company. Have you heard about this? What are they doing? I still um, like Jane Law. You heard about this? You heard about yeah. this? Um, so I like their products a lot. They bought yeah. Rico. They made a ton of guitar strings. They're a big guitar company. Um, then that kind of big musical powerhouse bought Rico. And they started adding pro lines to stuff. So they came up with the Daddario Select, a great classical read. A lot of my friends switched over and never looked back. Uh, Then I also have friends that are are Fandoran artists that that, that have not switched, like (laughs) Sue Fancher. They have a Jazz Select line. I adore it. Um, I really think they make it with that. They make some pretty darn good mouthpieces. Not my favorite on the planet, but very good mouthpieces. Um, And so I think they've been doing really consistently good products for a while. You may prefer Fandoran. But I don't think anyone no, would I say totally like agree. these are no, junk. No, high quality stuff. Very Absolutely. consistent. Yeah, I just yeah, ordered yeah. three boxes of the the. Ju- I need to get some money for this. Never mind. <laughs> I'm gonna bleep out all this company name. Until they give me some money, I'm gonna bleep out my love for. Or at least send you some free stuff. Yeah, some the Dario products. <laughs> um, so I yeah I was just I was last week I was bragging about how good my reads were and seriously oh, yeah. it's the consistency. Uh, I don't think they're better than Van Doren. I think they're as good, but slightly different. So it's a preference. Yeah, I think so, they're yeah. on on par. Yeah. So but they've got something that I think I would trust more than the Silverstein doing it. And they're coming okay. out with 
Finally, the first big name reed company is producing a synthetic reed. So Van Doren, I have oh, to believe they have something in production. Wow. But as far as the big two names, uh, Daddario so has- So far, they is, haven't, yeah. Daddario's beating them to market. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything in this day and right. age. Now, originally, the 21 immutable laws of marketing said, first the market wins. Yeah. In the age of the internet, that's not so much right. anymore. Anyway, so they call it a new species of reed, and it's called the Ven, V-E-E. And in. Developed by the industry's most revered engineers, Venn signals a whole new era in woodwind innovation, combining the stability and longevity of synthetic reed with the sound and feel of natural cane to mimic the organic structure of cane. We reverse engineering cane itself, layering different strengths of polymer fibers with resin and organic reed elements to make the reed blank. The result? Venn outlasts, outlasts and outperforms everything else like it, all while sounding and playing like your favorite cane reed. Wow, now, you got to try it. I will say Van Doren and Daddario, I think they're much more reasonable with their marketing speak. Yeah. Um, which leads me to believe this may be um, pretty darn good. There was so a nice description of how they went about making the reed, sort of uh, like looking at a cane yes. reed and trying to make it in fiber. And, and it's in their marketing yeah. materials. The, the marketing materials shows like at the base of the reed, I'll put a link in the show notes, of like a million little fiber strands yeah. being woven together wow. with the fibers of a cane reed. And it actually kind of looks like, well, Westworld. Have you seen Westworld on HBO <laughs> where the, the bionic beings are being, yeah, you know, kind of right. sewn together with this, this material? It looks a little like that. Very cool. Hopefully they won't become sentient and take over the part. <laughs> so it's made of resin, a combination of resin and cane particles. Huh. And then make it resistant to adverse elements and quickly break down, or re- make it resistant from breaking down. Um, it's cane particles. Natural cane particles allow them to mimic cane, giving it a warmer, natural sound. And polymer fibers... Unique polymer fibers give Vin a natural flexibility for response and articulation similar to cane reed. I like that it's not like it's better than cane reed and it'll fix your house and it'll. It's right, just like saying it's yeah, it's they're, yeah. they're it's it's more realistic speak than maybe some other companies. Well, are saying. you know they still want to sell their cane reed. Sure, and, and they're still going to. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not going to stop buying them. I, mean, no. I don't care. This I like breaking yeah. in reeds. <laughs> I mean, it's like a ritual. Like, I like the you know whole I mean? process. It's part of what I do for my warm up. It is, and, and the, stuff, you know, yeah. I, there's yeah. a history no, to it, do. and it's that. Yeah. Grounding, and I don't want to give up cane reads anytime soon. But I got to tell you what. So yeah. I played that concert the other day, a couple weeks ago, and I had I sat in the audience with my read on, uh-huh. waiting to play. And it was going to be like 15 minutes of music before I had to play, right? Yeah, right. right. So it was like 40 minutes. And I go up to play, and I'm thinking, oh, man. I'm kind of wishing I had a plastic reed and didn't have to play, but my reed was fine. My cane reed, my dried out cane reed played fine. Right. But, but you know. Oh, because you use a metal ligature. If you yes. had one of those flexi no, clothy, no, 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 I have a, a emo ligature, pink yeah. gold, actually, obviously, or is it rose gold? I don't. know. It's pink gold. It's pink. Gold. Uh, <laughs> Van Doren calls it pink gold. Okay. Other companies call it rose gold, but Van Doren calls it pink. Pink gold. gold. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night after we recorded a podcast. I was like, did I get that wrong? And I googled it. I was like, no, it was Sue that got it wrong. I got it wrong. Yeah. And I went back to sleep like a baby. Um, so I'm so glad for you all. It was actually Jim Daddario, the chief innovation officer, chairman of the board of Daddario, wow. uh, challenged the Woodwind team to create the first synthetic reed to duplicate the properties. And yeah, because he's sick and so, tired of Legere cutting into his Probably. Share. Yeah. Um, and Legere, uh, I have lots of friends that have switched over. Yeah, I guess. And the clarinet world. Yep. I, don't, I don't think I know a bass clarinet that is that doesn't play on it. It wow. seems very popular. With, wow. That might be a slight overstatement. I'm sounding like Silverstein now. Um, <laughs> I'll edit that out. Um, I know, but I mean, it's very popular, in, especially in like bass clarinet. It, uh, yeah. Friends that play musicals love these things. Well, because, like you say, right. A reed dries out, and unless your ligature is holding it to a very flat table of a mouthpiece, you, if you rest for a long period of time, 
it may not respond. So were those old, those like black plastic cover reeds a thing when you were younger? Plastic cover, yeah. Yeah, plastic cover. So we used to use them for like big band gigs where your reed would just sit there for, you know, the break and you just leave. They tasted terrible, and they were not. They well, sounded not supposed, terrible. You're not supposed to eat them, Sue. <laughs> what? Yeah. But anyway, so the new plastic reeds are so much better. Yeah. Well, I I would almost consider, even with a good ligature, like when you're waiting a long time, your reed yeah. right out, it's get a little scary. And I don't know if you've had this experience before. One of the scariest ways that happen is as a concert tax bonus, when you play Mazorski. When you play <laughs> You're sitting there the forever. Old Castle <laughs> movement, a picture's at an exhibition. I believe it's the oh, fourth man. movement. I don't even, yeah. So you sit through a promenade, you sit through like the catacombs, you sit through another promenade, Lord. and then you play the Old Castle. So you're sitting there on stage oh, after the tuning note and all that. Yeah. <laughs> you're sitting there forever. Yeah. Your reed's drying out, then you have this, one of the most beautiful melody and solos. And you're supposed to not catch on And you're supposed to just come entrance. out of nowhere, and then like your reed's dry, <laughs> and it's terrifying. Um, Oof. that's something that stresses yeah. me out there. Yeah. If, if they make a really good synthetic read, I would use it for that gig. Yeah. And here's the other weird thing about it. Once you, it, I think it was originally intended that a clarinetist would pick up a saxophone and play this all. Oh, now God. they hire, <laughs> now symphonies contract saxophonists to do usually. this. And yeah, usually. Yeah. And what's really weird is, so you play that solo and it's the only thing you play. Yeah. And then there's like a dozen more movements and you sit there doing nothing. Right. And so the, and during the finale, the whole orchestra's screaming, da, 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 da. and everyone's playing, even the celeste player is banging on chimes, the percussion section's going nuts, and you're just sitting there on stage. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like a doofus. Why don't you just play along with the trumpets or horns or something? Well, I just like, I feel like, should I just kind of like like sneak off stage? Yeah, I like belly, I was in the army, I could do a low crawl off the right. stage. I didn't know what to do. So it's true. What's so, up with that? So Why not only do you have just, the scariness uh, of waiting several moments and playing on a dry read, then you sit on stage like a goober doing nothing for the rest <laughs> of the piece. So dumb. Yeah. Mazorski, <laughs> fix it, pal. Thank you, right? Do something about this. Yeah. So that's the news. Uh, this is coming out in oh, April. And I will say that exciting. is something that I am going to buy and we'll I do a full review. D- I want to try it. Yeah. I may be tempted to, to break it. out video equipment and do a video review Ooh, of this. There you go. I'm taking a break from that. Um, cause the dumb questions are driving me nuts. So I, oh. <laughs> I, I get a ton of questions. I want a mouthpiece. This is my budget yeah. and be careful what you wish for. If you exert yeah. yourself as a quasi experienced with equipment, people will trust you on that. They yeah. get a lot of questions about that. So yeah. it's getting a lot of questions. What's about the jazz mouthpiece for under a hundred dollars. I answered the question. Then I'm getting emails. Oh, hey, I saw your video. Uh, I have a hundred dollars. What's about mouthpiece? I, was like, I literally made the video for that. Right. But I'm still in the I comments. Want- oh, the video. People are asking that question. It's just, Oh, what's the point? <laughs> so I'm taking a break. I can't oh, be bothered anymore. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Hey, but you know, for every person who asks the question like that, there's, you know, at least a hundred people who got the answer from the video, right? But they're not sending me money. So, oh, I uh, got it. No, okay. but when this read comes out, I will. So I will, you got to add $10 to the price of the mouthpiece because I got to send you $10. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to take a break from doing okay. equipment reviews because okay. the amount of emails I'm getting about that are answered within the video itself, I just can't take it anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. And there's only so many unpaid <laughs> hobbies I need. But anyway, this is that, the Venn oh, read. Geez. And obviously, I like the name Venn, like a Venn, Venn diagram. Venn diagram. I know Natural, that's the first thing I thought of. And I like, Very yeah, clever. So I, know, really I hope good. it's good. I, I don't like to get my hopes up with anything yeah. saxophone related. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm kind of excited, especially about Yay. my friends that are doing musicals. Oh, um, yeah. No, this yeah. could really be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, yeah. Wow. So other cool stuff. This is not new, but there's a recording we want to talk about this yeah. week by your friend. Branford Marsalis. Hey, 
name of this album, and I have been having a blast listening this week, is... The Secret Between the Shadow and the Soul. Which should be the name of the next season of Stranger oh, Things. Because right? that's a cool... That's a great uh, it's title. It's a poem that I... Or, oh, no, it's maybe it's the name of a you painting. You did more research Branford than is a learned, so smart man. He, he is. And I've already yeah. forgotten what he said about it in this video interview that I saw. Well... We can um, make it up to him some other time. And this is with his quartet. And this isn't yeah. Branford hiring musicians. This is his band. Yeah, this quartet's, well, not always these exact players, but they've been together for well, actually, decades. Three of them have been together for 20 years. Right. So he's played with uh, Joy, Joy Calderazzo and bassist yeah. Eric uh, Rivas for 20 right. years. That's so and cool. And you hear it. And then yeah. the drummer is the new guy, Justin Faulkner. Yeah. I think he's like 27 years old. He's Wow. A, well, a, he's been with the group since 2009, it said on the and website. And he's the newbie. So, and he's the newbie. So that's a 10. That's a decade. With the group. So these guys are solid. And, yeah. he ta- and, and Branford talks a lot about, um, in this in a couple of interviews I've seen, that he doesn't want to hire sidemen. He doesn't like jazz enough. This is his words. Yeah. He doesn't like jazz enough to just play it with sidemen. He wants yeah. a band to make music together. Yeah. And I think it's so obvious in this album. Oh, yeah. Um, the opening um, track is just... In, Immediately, you get a sense of what this album's about. Dance of the Evil <gasps> oh my Toys. Yeah. Um, it's just so creative and interesting. Yeah. And and um, that was written by uh, Rivas, the bassist. Uh, Calderazzo wrote a beautiful piece called Sienna. Oh, Which, what did you th- what did you think of that piece? You, you I, mentioned that gorgeous. when we were talking earlier. Yeah, I just thought it was lovely. Yeah, I was listening to the album this morning when I was yeah. you know getting ready for this podcast, and I was like, oh my gosh, ah, that beautiful. is just drop dead gorgeous. And they described that as Latin esque, and because uh, yeah. Branford is, was very quick to point out in the interview, uh, not my interview, an interview yeah. I saw, yeah. but who knows where, uh, that they are not Latin. They have not yeah. extensively studied Latin music, so he wanted to call it Latin esque, not yeah. Okay. Um, so and, and you definitely hear that that influence is really beautiful. And, and Joey Calderazzo also wrote a uh, conversation among the ruins. Um, and one of my favorite tunes on the track is written by Branford, uh, called life filtering through the water flowers. There's a lot of rubato. It's very free flowing, yeah. and uh, there's a form to it, but it's not your standard 32 bars. So there's 32 bars. Yeah. It, there's a lot of ebb and flow. Really beautiful music, amazing. And, and in the interview that I saw online, he, he talks about he, it took like a million takes to do it, oh. and everyone's getting frustrated and mad, which he said that oh, that's wow. good. Yeah. Um, but then the end product, I think, is just uh, really breathtaking. Oh, there's really a couple special. other tunes. Uh, Andrew Hills. Um, from the 70s, I'm not familiar with Andrew Hills. I could Google and pretend like I know what I'm talking about. I'll just admit, I don't know Andrew Hills. <laughs> Snake Hips Waltz. I which love is just that one. <laughs> fun. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things. I and love like, that I'm one. quoting Branford again and again. He's such a wise guy. You've had yeah. conversations with him. Yeah, he's um, a really super intelligent and guy. thoughtful. Very thoughtful. Which is why yeah. I don't mind quoting him again and again because every time he says something, I'm like, yeah, why couldn't I have thought of it that way? Uh, yeah. But he talks about his daughter listening to a different tune, a Thelonious Monk tune. And then she, he said, do you like that? She's like, yeah. She's like, why? It's happy music. And he thought, that's all it needs to be. It doesn't need to right. be this form or that. You know, it's, right. this is a happy blah, blah, song. Blah, and he right? describes yeah, it, yeah, yeah. this is a happy <laughs> song. And that's a, a tune by Keith Jarrett called The Wind Up, which is great. Um, and throughout all this, it's not your standard people getting together to play tunes to show yeah. how great they are. Oh, um, yeah, no. it, they're not vehicles for virtuosity, although they Oh my God. They play magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> um, Branford plays uh, tenor and soprano. Yeah. Um, I love his soprano sound. You were, we were talking before oh, we were rolling yeah. tape. Um, oh my gosh. You really do love his soprano sound. I totally love Branford's soprano sound. And let's nerd sound. out because this is a saxophone I have, podcast. I have totally loved his soprano sound for forever. There, I can't even remember the name of the, you know, even the, the classical thing he did together with the soprano Orpheus? Um, singer. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm blanking out on her name. So, uh, long, long time ago. Are you I'm, about, I'm thinking, that's no, 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 I'm talking about Winton, but Winton he did, did but that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. played with the Orpheus Chamber Ensemble. I'll, tell, yeah, I'll tell a yeah, story yeah. about that okay. in a minute. With the, yeah, the creation <laughs> was the name of that city. I've just loved his soprano sound for forever. And for years and years and years, I dreamed of trying to do some project together with him uh-huh. with two sopranos. Mm. And, you know, we talked back and forth a little bit, you know, maybe maybe this, maybe that. And finally, I did a faculty recital at Duke and, and um, I thought, you know what, I'm, I have a transcription that I got from Shin Kwan. Lin, who's a saxophone professor at Eastman. Right. Um, for two soprano saxophones and piano of the Bach double violin double concerto. Right. And so, you know, I just sent Branford an email and said, hey, Bran, would you want to come and play this with me on my faculty recital? Figured he'd be busy, wouldn't want to do yeah. it. And he was like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. So we did that together. And you can see there's a movement, at least, of it out on YouTube someplace. The I'll put a link in the movement. show notes, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it was just so great to go and put our soprano sounds together. Because, right. I mean, of course, he's done a ton of soprano playing. Right. Um, you know, concertos. Classically. Like the, and, Lobos yeah. and, you know, all kinds of, of stuff. So yeah. he's a terrific classical classical saxophone. He's a, a terrific a, musician. Yeah, well, yeah. that's, of course, that's what it comes down to in the end. So anyway, I'm I'm a huge fan. I, you know, he's not the only guy who plays soprano that I like listening to, but I think he's my favorite. I think with the, the variance of tunes, styles of composing, because they're coming from different players, yeah. the way the band plays together, and also having tenor and soprano, this is an album that I enjoy listening to from top to bottom. There's a lot of albums where yeah. I just maybe listen to a couple of tracks, and that's enough of that sound. Yeah. Um, but this is one, like, it's just fun from top to bottom. Yeah. And and I really enjoyed it. Um, I love this. I'm going to, because I can't quit quoting him. Um, <laughs> according to Branford, my approach to writing and soloing is melodic and rhythmic with harmony third, which is very huh. different than I hear in a lot of modern jazz. Yeah. Uh, we mold the harmony to the melody where too many people let the harmony dictate and we play in the cracks. I want to channel the vibe that all great music I've heard, but I'll apply my own ideas. And you hear that. Yeah. And, he, and he talks about they use traditional forms, but they stretch the edges. I thought yeah. that was a really cool way to describe it. Um, yeah. Whereas I have jazz friends who I adore, um, they will pick tunes or write tunes because of like, oh, that's a really clever chord progression. Or what if I do this right hood arrangement? Oh, and then I'll make this chord. Uh, and they, they they start with the jazz nerd stuff yeah. rather than the music. And I don't hear that. Obviously, that's not his intent. And you don't well, hear and that with this. You can hear the, just the breadth of styles that mm-hmm. they all listen to. Have European played, opera to every- African uh, percussion ensembles, yeah, apparently. And, and t- I believe it. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, yeah. Th- 
You totally hear that. And they're I love so this. cool. They bring so much to the table. Look at all those years of experience, too. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I've heard that Brainford is an audiophile um, and takes recording quality stuff very seriously. It's a beautiful album to oh, listen yeah. to. I enjoy it. I listen to Sue and I are sitting in my studio right now where I have my hi fi system and the speakers. Yep. And I sat and listened in raptured yeah. for quite a while. Yeah, no, the quality is spectacular. And that's one thing actually I forgot to mention at the last podcast, the the Kumoi Quartet. Yeah. The, the quality of the recording. So sometimes you get saxophone quartet recordings. Yeah, and it's, or not just saxophone quartet, but recordings, period, that are like over-processed. There's too much reverb. Right. And also with saxophone recordings, a lot of times you get too much key noise because they, they close mic too much. Right. And, and there's just none of that. I mean, it just, it's just... Uh, it's really pleasure to listen well, to. Well, of course, you know, these... These guys, you know, have it's not their first time at bats no. for any of these guys. So, you know, they know how to be recorded and how to record. Was so. it a good experience rehearsing and, and performing with Branford? Oh yeah, he was great. Oh yeah, fantastic. Super I I um yeah, two no. two quick stories. I've never performed with Branford, luckily for him. Um, but number one, I was the first, my first experience with really getting serious. I mean, I knew the name because he played with Sting and he had, you know, was on playing, I forget the the, the late show yeah, that right. he played on. Um, but I was in my car driving to Food Lion in Athens, Georgia. And this was, oh, I don't remember. I was getting my master's. And I was pulling into the parking lot of the Food Lion. And yeah. as I was pulling in, I turned on, or as I was pulling into the driveway, I heard NPR. And it was the American Cherito. And oh. as I was driving, and I was really close to the Georgia, so it was like a 30-second drive. Then I sat in the parking lot listening. Oh, and yeah. I was like, who is this? Because I was a big enough nerd at the time. I knew all the recordings. Right. I was like, I can't, whose tone is this? This is right. open and full, but... It's not a French guy. And I was really like freaking out. Then it got to the cadenza. Uh-huh. And it was different. Yeah. And my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> and all I could think was, this is a non-explicit podcast because it's, it's all, all ages. But I thought, who the beep, beep, beep has the guts to chase the cadenza? Right. And it was awesome. Yeah, right. And I thought, <laughs> who has who is the best virtuosity in their instrument that also has the musicology background? And I was freaking out. And afterwards... They said, and that was Branford Marsalis off yeah. his new CD, Creation. And I had my jaw went further yeah. on the floor because I thought, well, I only knew him as a jazz player. Yeah. And I thought, oh man, he's playing better than most classical players. Oh, uh, yeah. And I had, <laughs> there was some sniping in the classical community, like, well, he hasn't paid his dues. He's just, it was ah, brilliant oh, classical yeah. playing. And that's when, and that's how I knew because I took what, if you're old enough, you remember the Pepsi challenge. Yeah. Close your eyes. Can you tell? Can you tell what it is? Yeah. I didn't know who it was, but I just knew this was a great classical musician. Yeah. And so I was bowled over, and yeah. I became a big fan of that CD. Yeah. Um, just super yeah. nice guy. And another time, yeah. I just ran into him in a parking garage. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh hey, and he pretended like he remembered me. He did not. But oh. I was helping him find <laughs> where he wanted to go, and I walked him and just and like and just talked about kids and life. And he's just a, a super sweet guy. Yeah. Which is nice real, to know. No, don't tell anybody that. No. I said to him once when we were working together, I said, oh, I'm going to, you know, you're such, such a nice guy. And he's like, don't you dare tell anybody that. Okay. I got a reputation. I take that okay. back. Yeah, he, he's a real he big hit me jerk. And then left me for dead in the parking garage. <laughs> Super just kind human being, which he's, is why I love quoting him because yeah. he just seems yeah. to have a neat outlook on life. Yeah. Highly recommend this recording. Yeah. Um, I imagine yeah. you do as oh well. Oh my gosh, yeah. Go I'll put get a link it. in the show yep. notes. Go yep. get it. Go get it. Um, we have a listener question. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Hello, I'm Craig from Cheshire in the UK. That's oh. the United Kingdom, apparently. Wow. Um, hope all is well over there in the Carolinas. It is. Yeah. I've been enjoying your saxophone tutorials and product reviews uh, lately. Thank you. I saw your Doctor Who track on YouTube with the Sonnenots. Really great playing. <laughs> I like this guy already. Craig, know, right? you're already in my top yeah. 10. I was wondering if there happened to be a CD available. There is not. I may have one. Oh, it's a long story. Oh, I'm not going to bore yeah. you with. Okay. <laughs> I may go to the studio another time soon. 
On a technical side, do you find there's a much of difference in tone between the modern Brillhart and the vintage one? Oh. Uh, be great if you give me any thoughts. I'm thinking of making the change from my off-the-shelf 1990s Meyer from Craig. First of all, Craig. Wow. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Flattery will get you everywhere. Of course, always. Um, so on that recording, because uh, I made a, a mouthpiece review about best mouthpiece under $50, at the time it was the modern produced um, Brillhart yeah. Ebelin, which is plastic. It's a chunk of plastic for $47. Right. <laughs> they're out of stock almost everywhere. Yeah. Um, I blame that video slightly for the reason that they're out of stock everywhere. Yeah. Um, sorry, but yeah. I, I have four that I can't sell ethically now because, you know. Right. Um, I, but now I also play in a vintage 1960s real hard. They are different. I don't think it's worth the money unless you're just, just got money to burn. I don't yeah. think it's worth it doing the vintage. I was able to go to a place, um, get a sex.com. I didn't go to a website physically. I went to the, 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 the physical place, location yeah. and I tried, I think I played six or seven of the model I was looking for in the tip opening I played. The one I picked, yes, does play better than the one I played on that Doctor Who video. I'll put a link in the show notes, uh, which I really like that sound for a $47 plastic mouthpiece. It was yeah. just like, I like this, so I played yeah. on it. Um, the one I play on now, I like better, but I have to be honest, some of those other two or $300 mouthpieces, I did not like as much as the plastic, yeah. the cheap $47 one. Yeah. So if you can find an eBay... Um, I would just go with the cheaper one uh, because the vintage ones, it's a crapshoot. So unless you can go and try them in person. So they're not really consistent. Not at all. And oh, the other thing that I learned, okay. I've talked this before on another podcast, Brian, the guy that owns Get Us X was telling me, he said, don't look at the facing numbers. And I was like, what do you mean don't look at the table? Tell me what I want. I know what I want, Brian. I'm a big boy. Make my own decisions. And he said, no. And he got it. He had the, the, the little caliper measuring machine to measure oh, the tip opening. So you could see. So he pulled out a three and it was whatever measuring. I don't remember yeah. the, the thousands of an inch. Yeah. Then he pulled out a five and it was the same. Then he pulled out a four that was bigger than the five and a five that was, uh, you know, smaller than the four. Yeah. And it's um, when they were mold injected, the cooling process allows for a lot of variation. Mm. And that's why most modern mouthpiece makers made by sentient robots, yeah. um, they they <laughs> mill them from rod rubber. And that's apparently, right. to my understanding, I'm not made a mouthpiece myself, is much more <laughs> consistent than mold injection. Because when, the, when, the, though, the, when yeah. the plastic cools or the hard rubber cools, apparently there's more variation. Right. You can hand finish them, but then still, yeah. there's more variation. So of the five or six or seven, I don't remember exactly that I played, there are a couple that didn't play as well as that plastic $47 one. Um, the one I liked, I have to admit, I love it. I'm a little bit scared cool, of, yeah. of liking it too much now because like, oh, don't drop it, Wally. Don't break it. And I'm thinking about sending it somewhere to get a band put around the shank so oh, to prevent cracking because so, yeah. I really do love it. And it's white tonalin, which it's so cool. It doesn't sound different. It just looks cool. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If you like the way the cannonball cherry cough drop horn looks, buy it. Right, you know? exactly. If you like the vintage patina, buy it. If it makes um, you happy. Yeah, so Craig, the short answer is um, there is a difference not worth paying the money, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, and you're off the shelf Meyer I think it's fine. Uh, if you find a really good vintage, it could be great. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times those off-the-shelf ones are great. Um, so I don't recommend doing the wild goose chase for yeah. vintage equipment. What do you think, Sue? I agree. Yeah. I mean, I would go with a Meyer because I know I can trust it. Yeah. 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 You also might want to try those, though. I've found they're not perfectly consistent either. I agree. Try yeah. a couple. But yeah. yeah, they're easier to get and to return and things like that. I've owned several and they were do. all fine. Yeah. Uh, I've never had an off-the-shelf Meyer that was like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But no. yeah. it was never to the point where this was inhibiting me. Right. Where there wasn't like way more work I should do on myself before. Yeah. Do you play on a six or... Uh, uh, 6M, the Meyer? Oh, I think I was playing on a 7 for a while. I don't play on yeah. 1 anymore. Yeah. My aesthetic, I like a little bit more 
Get out your pocket protectors, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my preferred sound aesthetic, I like slightly more narrow uh, sidewalls on a mouthpiece. I okay, find then. The, I like the feel of the Brillhard chamber shape, um, which is a little bit more closed. It doesn't make it a small sound. It just it just pushes the air through differently. Yeah. And I've always kind of liked the feel of that. But I'm, I'm a nut for the West Coast cool school sound. Yeah. And so there's a little bit more breathiness to the sound, whereas yeah. the Meyer, it's very focused, very yeah. like a clear, transparent core. It's just not my aesthetic. So if you were going to get a Meyer, would you tell a, a student or something to, to, to go with a 6M? Yeah, if you get a 6M, and assuming there's nothing wrong, and there's no reason yeah. to believe there is, there's very little you can't do on that mouthpiece, and yeah. there's no reason to change off. There's lifetimes worth of work you can do on yourself before yeah. you would notice a limitation. <laughs> right. For most of us, <laughs> yeah. unless you got a you, unless you got a, a lemon. I've heard people talk about, oh, J.J. Babbitt doesn't manufacture good mouthpiece anymore. Yeah. They make the, the modern uh, Meyer and uh, Autolink. That's yeah. not been my experience. Yeah. I no. want to, I'm, I'm happy to knock on a company. Right. Ob- <laughs> Apparently. Obviously. <laughs> um, but it's just not been my experience with the, yeah. the Babbitt. They're a little different. Some are slightly better, but yeah. I've never had a student get one and it's just, this doesn't work or right. it's, it's beyond repair. You may want to order two or three and then pick one and send the two back if you're allowed if to you do can. that or go yeah. to a store. I was wondering if you thought you should get a five, a six and a seven and try it. But I just, I, I used to plan a five in high school and when I was in college, I moved to a six yeah. and it's the same mouthpiece I've had since college. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> if I have a, I have a six and a seven, and just changing within the same box of reads, you'll find one that's slightly more free blowing. There you go. Yeah, you know, and then you could just yeah. put it. In, I think it's fine. So yeah. I wouldn't. If you don't have easy driving access to vintage mouthpieces, like I just lucked out. Yeah. And found out the guy is a fifty minutes away from me. I say just buy new. Yeah. And you'll be fine. Yeah. And um, great question, Craig. And thank you great. for the, the kind words. Yeah. Um, Always. You were going on the Hall of Fame in my studio. Of course. And if you have a question for the podcast, email us, uh, Academy at gmail.com. Hey, guess what, Wally? What? I have some update on my Marcus Bonner case. <gasps> did I, it? I got an e- Why did you lead with this, Sue? I know, right? This is buried <laughs> at the tail. No one listens this long to an episode. No one's listening right now. I didn't get it yet. Oh, okay, good. So it's not that. I would have led with that. Okay, good. <laughs> Maybe next time, but I got an email from UPS this morning. That says it's shipped. All right, I want to. I want this time. It's supposed to arrive. You better send me a text message. The end of as, this as week. As soon as you get it, I will. Because I'll be I'm, interested. I'm a little nervous. My palms are a little sweaty because I'm just hoping that my saxophones fit in this case it'll and be, that I like fine. it. After all of this, didn't it'll I order be, like in June or something? I think it's like. Oh, I don't remember. It's been eight a long, months or something. No, I think it was. I think it was before June. It's been a long time coming. I know. <laughs> All right, but when that comes in, we're going to lead with that story. Okay. Okay, because that would be like Van Doren coming up with a pinker gold ligature. You're not double, telling me. The double pink ligature. I want to know about that. The talk, talk to Dana about that. The we'll, hot pink ligature. <gasps> so they should do I would love that. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't go with my tonalin, oh, but yeah. Oh, it would look cute on your tonalin. I'll take your word for it. Until next time. Anyway, I'll let you know. Happy practicing, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.